You were looking that time. I was. I was waiting for it because we were <laughs> lagging this morning. Yes. Good morning. Good morning. And welcome to your Daily Game Face. I'm Dr. Kim Lannon. I'm here with my lovely producer, yes. Lou Blasey. How are you? I'm doing all right. Good. How was your week? It was all right. Oh, just all right. It was all right. Nothing fantastic and out like out of the norm. I'm dealing with Tom Brady relapse right now. You're, you're dealing with Tom Brady doing what? Tom Brady relapse right now. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, oh, do you kinda want to got, talk about that? Kind of got sucked back into the Tom Brady thing. Oh, no. With Cam Newton signing. I know. I was going to say, are we going to go to Cam Newton today? Are we going to talk about Cam Newton? Hey, do no, you it's like more, his outfit? It's more about Tom. Which outfit? The Oh, the, the Patriots outfit. You know, the Patriot hat that he came oh, out. Did yeah. you see it? Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can't expect something different or less from Cam Newton. Right, exactly. He's You know, he's got the drama and he brings the, the swag with him. As you, Cam, as you know. Cam's neither here nor there. It's just the whole time's starting to bother me a little bit. Oh, geez. In retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Lou. So we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, It'll be a work in progress. I, I understand. He's not even here. He's down in Tampa. I know. Just, you know, out of sight, out of mind. I know, but he's spoiling last year for me. Oh, you it's know. It's changing, changing our history, our personal show. history. Yes. Lou, have have you not been listening to my show? You have to let go of the past. Yes, I guess. <laughs> Good, bad, or indifferent. It's like you seeing your like... girlfriend with a new boyfriend, though. Yeah. Oh. What? It's like seeing your girlfriend with a new boyfriend. Oh. With a next oh. boyfriend, by the way, your ex. Oh. Yeah. So you're having some of that, like <laughs> the jealousy pangs and the envy and the, well, the sadness. All I remember is, you know, he's all I remember is he had to be with his family. He was getting older, didn't want to do OTAs, didn't want to do the work, practiced two days a week. Now down in Tampa, he's breaking the rules. He's practicing. He's playing June with his receivers. It's like, what the hell? Could have used some of that last year. I have no comment. <laughs> <laughs> I, as you know, I'm going to stay the late. I'm going to stay in my lane on this one. Okay. You know. Um, all right. But yep. we can come back and talk about it at, at, at some point today if we get time. Um, <laughs> really so I thought today I, I had some, as always, good feedback last week from okay. listeners. Um, thank you, everybody, for listening. It's fantastic. I've, I've had um, more and more and more every week, and it's really great. And I've even got some people overseas listening. Um, so that's nice. fantastic. Last Sweden. week. Yeah, last Hello week. to Sweden. And living in with intention last week. With, with what? Intention. intention. Yes, yep. with intention. They're intentionally listening to me, Lou. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that, intentionally coming to the show to listen. So it's, it's fantastic. Um, also, uh, that, lovely, that lovely person who brought you, your yes. little treats, and me, right? Yesterday, I mean, this is great. This is one of the things I thought we would talk about today is, you know, how, to, how people are taking care of themselves. And now that, you know, there's this kind of influx coming of, like, the whole new scare of, like, you know, coronavirus yeah. ramping back up for some people. Not Massachusetts necessarily, but um, people are doing other things for people. And, and that's one of the skills of, you know, the, the top things you can do for yourself while you're still under this. You know, and you should be doing it anyways, even if you weren't in yeah, quarantine. Right. But nonetheless, um, the person that brings the lovely things to me and you, um, yes. Yesterday, this very creative, very cool, and I will put it up on the Facebook page today because it was really awesome. She brought a, a a basket that she made and did this very unique thing, all vegetables oh. like that she grew in her oh. garden that she's been growing in like you know her little greenhouse, and then it's so they're already ready to go. I was going to so say, when did she and start? And <laughs> beans yeah. and it was fantastic. So I was very excited about nice. it. So I thank her very much. So I can give the first name out there that you know. <laughs> Dot. Thank you. 
very much. Yeah, thank so you, I didn't share with Lou today, though, That's okay. because I kept it all for myself. I was wondering when she started because I'm still looking at flowers. On, yeah, no, on, she's on plants, she's so. got the little green thumb. She's been her garden is insane. I've seen pictures and it's quite something. And all of her flowers and all the so that's like a thing. So it's good. Nice. Um, but doing things for other people. That's why I brought it up is because you know people are sort of stuck in their house and they are looking at the same four walls or the same five people you know, or they've they've made their social circles, which actually people have been doing, which we talked about that people should try to stay within social circles of themselves, but also be able to have some social contact and not just be quarantining. Um, but doing things for others or doing something else that gives you a sense of purpose, always yeah. coming back to the sense right. of purpose of yep. the day. Um, so there, you know, there's a whole bunch of things. And, you know, in the past week, I've been thinking about, you know, five to 10 things that people could really do to keep their mental health well during this time. Um, and it would be generalizable to, you know, a year from now, if we're <laughs> Yep. Away from quarantine. So don't start with me. Uh, right, right. <laughs> yeah. um, so so one of them is doing things for others. And what does that do for you? So it's not just that it just gives you a good feeling or whatever. It actually changes your brain chemistry. So all the things that I've been talking about since we started this in February, I think most of the things, if not all, they change your brain chemistry. So when yeah. you do something nice for someone and you get a good feeling, mm-hmm. great. But what it does is actually... it. It releases endorphins, for lack of better terms for people that don't understand the brain, but it also releases neurotransmitters, the chemicals that charge up the brain. So if you can think of your brain like um, a car battery, that it occasionally needs a little jump, right? A little jump start if you're feeling blah or you're feeling down, whatever. When you do nice things for others or you're doing something for yourself or you're valuing yourself or you're exercising, you're eating well, that's all stuff that's jump-starting your brain or to keep it maintained. You know, you're like a well-oiled machine. When you're not a well-oiled machine, things go wrong. Things go wrong, yes. Right? And people don't think about how incredibly important the connection between the mind and the body is and how they talk to each other. We kind of go through life bypassing it all the time. And um, it's one of the things I I try to teach. You know, I have teaching moments, usually at the beginning of when I start with clients, is is teach them about the mind and the body connection. Because it's been, it's given, maybe it's not really given as bad a rap as it used to be. It's kind of like that cliche. It's kind of cheesy. You know, people used to be like, oh, that's so ridiculous. But actually, the mind and the body speak to each other. If you don't have the mind doing all of its its things it needs to do in the brain and the chemistry and right. talking to the body, you're not moving, breathing, walking, talking, eating, peeing, <laughs> yeah. doing all those things, or being able to do multiples at the same time. That's because your brain talks to your body and your body talks back to your brain. So when you're doing something nice for someone, that actually helps very specifically the good feeling chemicals in the body like serotonin. GABA, which is for your anxiety, mood regulation, dopamine, which is the feel good. Yeah. So when you're out there doing something for someone or, you, you know, you run. Wow. What a great release of dopamine. It's the it's their pleasure center for your brain. Um, so so doing something I ne- good. I never get a dopamine release while I was running. No, <laughs> no. Really? Never. No. <laughs> you never got in the zone. I don't know. Apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're you're on a roll today. Maybe because I was mentally fighting it the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> that that could be. Yeah. I don't think that there's an anti feel good neurotransmitter though. They all they're all either doing their job or they're falling apart. I don't think we're really wired to feel. I mean, by nature, generally speaking, I I think we're not wired to be unhappy. No. Unless well. we have the gene for it, and then we have to really work hard. Like depression, I shouldn't say that we don't have it, but it's. No, but my constant approach to running wired my brain in such a way that that was my, that was my perspective on running. 
yeah, you it was hated always it. a chore. To, yeah, yeah, I hated it. It was always a chore to get through. Well, it's interesting because on days, so not to get away from this for a second, but just for the brain chemistry piece, um, when when you're going out, like I'll go out on some days, I'll feel I feel brain wise like this is gonna be a great day, and my body's like, no, it's not, <laughs> yeah. you know. And I'll come back and like, oh, I felt so good up here, but my body was just dragging, and I'll be like, I don't know why. I mean, so that's a great example of the matching between the brain and the body. And some days you just think it's not going to be anything and you get out there and it's like, wow, this was a great run for whatever bizarre reason, yeah. which I could explain ad nauseum about because I know why. But um, on days that you, you were just saying, like the feel-good parts of the brain, you trained it. Exactly. Yeah. You literally trained your brain to go, meh. I don't like Yeah, <laughs> I hate running. So you went out and did it. Yeah. See, if I had known you back then, I could have given you alternatives to that so that you wouldn't have had to be so bleh. Yeah. Doing it. Yeah, no, I, yeah, exactly. I sabotaged myself on that one. So you don't run anymore, right? I don't run anymore. Oh, okay. No. no. Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So, so get, so going back to giving back to your, giving to someone else. So it's twofold. So when you give to others or you do for others, um, that doesn't mean you have to be present in front of them. Doing something good for someone can just be, you know, dropping off, um, something at someone's house that's nice, you know, and I think I said this a few months ago, I joined, we have the, the Tewksbury, Bill Ricca, and I think it's Tewksbury, Bill Ricca, and Wilmington group. We have the wine fairies. That's how it started. Wine fairies? No. Oh, it's very cool. Um, so the wine fairy started a couple months ago, and a whole group of us women started, I didn't start the group, but I was, I was asked to join. And, and what we would do, and we're still doing it, is we go around and you give the addresses for each other and, you know, and people are going to be like, that's so creepy, but it really isn't, you know, and it's because <laughs> all strangers. And one, you just go out, go out and leave wine. It turned into wine, coffee, cheese, breads, food. Nice. I it's like it. morphed into lots of really cool things. Yeah. I did a bag with little champagne with like little um, bath soaps and creams and little tinkerbells on it because you're the wine fairy, you know. So yeah, you sure. Creative. But, but it's amazing how doing something for a stranger and seeing the just the happiness or the just the change in the routine to bring something unique yeah. and wonderful to somebody's life um what a great thing to do and it changes your whole outlook for the day you, you know you do it some of the people were doing it in the morning some of them were doing it at night on the weekends special occasions doing special things yeah but just something like that what it does for the brain is it changes the dopamine the gaba and the serotonin and there's other ones too but i'm just giving the general ones to make you feel more motivated, calmer, yep. more at peace. There's that purpose, right? Um, happier, uh, and, and you hold on to that because you're giving to it's it's altruism, right? Which and we it, debate about whether there's really truly altruism, well, truly altruism or not. That's an interesting point because you talked about doing it when there's no connection. You're not face to face, and you're not reaping the reward directly. Right. That's almost better. Right. 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 Because you disconnect, you shouldn't be doing it for the reward. Right. You know, you're doing it out of the kindness of right. your heart to do something to make someone else happy. So, like, so when I was, we call it getting wined. When I got <laughs> wined, you know, they would, someone would come, and I, I only saw one of my wine fairies, and she was running away. <laughs> but she, you know, yeah. they, you know, someone comes up and rings the doorbell, leaves a little bag, and walks away. Now I didn't ring the doorbell because I didn't want anyone to know. So what I would do is. I would just leave it on the front door, side door, and, yep. and I would do it like at eight o'clock at night or nine o'clock at night when people weren't out. Nice. Um, so that when they 
have the you know surprise of the morning or the or that they went out later you know a lot of people their house lights click on and yeah then they know and they're like somebody's out there but yep. that was what we were all doing you know it was and it was really great so there's so it's exciting because you're doing something with no expectation in return even though we're all in this group that's one way it's an example of showing like how you could do something you have to think out of the box to do that because it changes the way you feel about things it yeah. changes the way your day proceeds or it gives you something to look forward to like, Oh, I'm going to do this this weekend. So a lot of the people that are in this group are doing it over on the weekends and it's like, Oh, it's, you know, Saturday morning, yep. you know, so you wake up, I've got one, one Sunday. It was, I got a little thing of orange juice with a little thing of champagne and a cute little fairy card. It was really sweet. Nice. So it was my yeah. Sunday morning mimosa, yep. but it was great. And it's just, you know, signed by the person's first name. It's great because it, it's just a give back and how it makes you feel. Then it makes you also feel like someone else is thinking of you. Right. And you don't have to have social contact, like, one-to-one to do it. You're not asking for somebody to do something for you. Right. You're not having to commit to something to somebody. You're just doing it, and it's, you know, it changes so technically. It changes the limbic system, that little area of the brain we were talking about last week, you know, about the, the three areas of it that are really specific about how they regulate your body, the hypothalamus, which is your temperature regulator yep. your sex regulator your eating your thirst your all that piece and then you've got your amygdala which is your fight and flight and then you've got your hippocampus which is your memory maker essentially your critical mm -hmm. memories so you have those working together and when you get those emotional experiences of someone doing for you or you're doing for someone else it makes that that system work beautifully for you because it's it's giving your body all the things it needs in terms of emotional yeah like a, an emotional goodie bag <laughs> it's got to be even more effective during these times because you're just not expecting anything positive. There, right. there are no wins. You're looking around for wins right now. Right. And 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 so this is so this is what you can do. I use that as an example of how to create like something for someone. You know, just random like niceness to somebody. Yeah. Um, you don't have to do it in an organizational way like that. You can go out and do it on your own. You don't have to belong to something. You can just be, you know, nice. You know. Um, Again, I, you know, not to go to the negative side, but I will because a lot of the work I do is working with people coming out of the negative toxic ends to come to this space of being healthy is, you know, I see that waxing and waning from week to week depends. It's almost like one week it seems like everyone's doing pretty good and then all of a sudden there will be those anomalies on the board where people are just so unhappy and trying to keep that mindset of when you see someone really unhappy you know, instead of getting unhappy with them, give them the opposite of what they're expecting. Because, you know, there's been some interactions that I've seen where I, I, you know, someone's angry, for instance. Now that's coming from that limbic area, the, the amygdala, that's I'm angry, fight or flight. And then the person that they're doing it with is either going to charge up their amygdala and do it with them, or they're going to do what I try to recommend people do, even though in my head, you know, I'm a human being too, so I get that, like, you know, yeah. don't do that. But my response has been, okay, thank you, or okay, I understand, or so that you're not engaging in the person's anger because people want, you know, when they're bored, when they're not, when they're not charging up their brain in the healthy way. Right. Sometimes people thrive on the chaos, and chaos gets charged just like if you charge it in a healthy way. So people will look for, not intentionally all the time, some people do it intentionally, but some people are just looking for the charge yep. because they don't have the connection going on right now. So it's everything's a fight, everything's a pick, everything's looking for something negative. And instead of it being like, okay, well... That's, you know, oh, I'm sorry that that happened and I'm not going to, you know, in your head, it's, I'm not going to engage in that. So it's, yeah. it's taking care of yourself, which is one of the really good mental health things to do. 
plus you're taking care of someone else by not engaging them in something negative. And maybe you're giving back to someone because you're teaching them that not everyone's going to react in a poor way. How know, often do you think that works? You what? How often do you think that works? Well, it works for my me experience a lot is... because I've had this happen. <laughs> yeah, well, my... I've had this happen to me in the past three and a half, four months a lot. Well, my experience has been if you don't give them what they want, which is a conflict, which is a reaction, it just ramps things up. And well, they're almost Sheila, insulted. We never talk about. <laughs> maybe you're. Maybe you think they're, you're. They're not almost insulted by the disengagement. You know. Well, people like you're get, dismissing them. So, and I think that we talked about it a while ago. Remember, I went to a. I, I did a hike a couple months ago, probably two months ago now. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And and I went, and the man. There was a man that was really ramped up, and he really was looking for a fight, and he started because you were from Massachusetts. And, yeah. and the more, so the more he went up, the more I went like. You know, yep. I'm sorry to hear that. It's, and then finally, it took a couple minutes, but finally by the end, it had ramped down. And he and he was disappointed that I didn't ramp up with him, but I just wouldn't go there. And it's it takes work for sure, but yeah. it sort of hopefully maybe did a corrective emo. I call it a corrective emotional experience. Yeah, he was expecting and wanting me to go ramp up with him so that we could start dropping f bombs right. and maybe get into a fight and all this stuff and. And I have no problem doing that with someone, but I, th- <laughs> but I just don't think that that's healthy. I just, I mean, why do that? And right. it, it's, it's not necessary. And clearly, and it's probably my nature and also my training that it's just, why, why ram something up when you don't need to? And why also, when you have the skill to say, I know how to deescalate this, then you can do that. And people, people are wanting because they're so bored and they're so stuck in the same routine and pattern they're looking for something to pick at it's just right. amazing i mean people don't stay in their own lane i i know that people i have a lot of clients who are like oh stay they're using the stay in yeah. your own lane stay in your own lane you know you're walking along a, a trail that has 25 feet on either side and people are walking by each other with no mask on and people feel compelled to to comment on the other person it's just like you know unless someone's on top of you breathing on you and spitting on you Stay in your own lane. Yep. Like, there's why engage? Now we're now you're in an engagement. Like, so you're picking places to be toxic. You're picking places to feel unhappy. Why do that? Why build a negative relationship with a stranger? <laughs> why build a negative relationship with anybody? So it's it's really coming back to taking care of that brain space, the emotional brain space of, um, you know, giving you know, starting at the top of the show, giving back to someone or giving to someone in the community. Sometimes it's just the personal interaction of just being able to give to one another a kindness and a compassion piece or, you know, looking at someone and they're angry, which they are and not engaging them because you're like, they're having a bad day. You know, always chalk up to the fact that most people that are angry and ticked off and doing their thing, they're just having a bad day or they're having a bad life. Yeah. A lot of times. Cause you can sort of tell, I mean, you've been around long enough and I've been around long enough to know that you can tell the difference when someone has sort of a, a nature to them yeah. versus this is kind of like an anomaly on the board and they're just having... My know. personal theory, and I get disputed on this all the time, so I'd be interested in your uh, what we're seeing now with uh, what's going on in the world between COVID and, and the activism and things like that is any people grab for any chance at perceived moral superiority. Yes. Oh, yeah. That That's the thing. I mean, they're getting on you. They're angry with you because they get an opportunity... To be morally superior. Absolutely. And they take advantage of it. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, a little knowledge is very, very dangerous. Yeah. And people do that and, and think that they have, you know, I mean, there's a couple aspects to that is, you know, um, 
people get on their high horses when they have a little bit of information, which makes them dangerous. And, and if they have it backed by something, yeah. you know, anything, um, you know, running joke in, in, in my colleagues and myself is, oh, where did they read that Cosmopolitan? Not to knock Cosmopolitan no. as a magazine. I don't even know if it's still out there in print, but, you know, is, is people will quote things and, 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 and bring their sources as. And that's what I ask people when they say things, you know, to your point is, um, you know, oh, where's your source? Like, what, where did you get that? And most of the time, and I don't know if this is your experience, most of the time when people are, are saying something, their confirmation bias is that they'll utilize Yes. Saying that they read it somewhere, they heard it on a reliable source, but when you actually ask them what it is, they right. don't have that reliable source. So they can't give back to you because I'm always interested. If I hear something that I'm like, oh, that's interesting, I don't just go, oh, that's not true just because I don't know it or I don't believe right. it. I always say, oh, where'd you read that? Because I usually want to go read it, hear about it, look at it, something, because that's who I am. My favorite question, what do you base that on? Right. My favorite right. question. So, you know, what do you yeah. what do you base that on? Where did you get that yeah. info? Who told you that? Where did you, you know, and people usually but have. But the problem in this society is you can shop for your preferred narrative. You will well, find a source to back, again, there are people who think the bias. earth is flat. And you, well, you can go online and find some articles about how the earth is flat. Right. Well, well that's the confirmation yeah. bias. Yeah. So if you believe what you believe and that's what your narrative is, you will go and find it no matter what it's always out there right that's why now how many shows ago 20 shows ago you and i talked about triangulating your information making sure you don't just have one source right and this goes you know this ties into taking care of someone else or taking you know you're if you're going to have your ideas and you're going to be helpful to someone else in a day make sure that you're coming from a place where you have lots of information so that it's not just unidimensional and i think that more and more people are not doing themselves a favor and not doing other people a favor by just coming from that one-sided response yeah. or one-sided knowledge base. I mean, if we're just doing intellectual giving, and we'll call it that instead of like person-to-person -person giving, intellectual giving, if you're having a conversation with someone, you have to be willing to hear and give back and have multiple feedback loops on that and know that that information is out there. Most people, I don't know if most, many, not most, many people don't do that right. well, because it's not safe. And remember that, Lou, it's so, it's, it's not it's not mentally safe for them if we go right to the mental health issues of these topics people get vulnerable with that and they get more like going to moral majority and and understanding moral opinions people find that they can hide behind them because somehow they have power in that right even if it's wrong yeah. so it's it's just about being able to take care of that interpersonal narrative knowing that someone's going to disagree and i mean people disagree with me all the time <laughs> Yeah, you know, and it's not that they disagree. I should say, in my client base, people don't disagree with me necessarily. It's just hard to get someone to implement what I'm asking them to do. So right. it's a disagreement. I'm gonna cough because I have allergies. <laughs> <coughs> no, I'm not sick. <coughs> the, your your principles are sound. That all works, <coughs> but you're you're. I think often it's misassuming the intent. In other words, <clears throat> you're assuming the intent of wanting to know the truth and wanting to know what is actually going on. Right. And I think more often than not, and you mentioned it at the end, people cling to their ability to be morally superior. So <clears throat> they won't challenge the effectiveness. <coughs> got me going now. They won't challenge the effectiveness of a mask, for example, because right. they want the ability to stand in the street and point at people who don't wear masks and yell at them. Right. Yeah. So right. They, they don't want to know what the true effectiveness is of the mask. They just want to have that moral high ground. 
Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and it's not and and, and what kind of and what kind of um, interpersonal give and take are you really going to get into with a stranger on that kind of issue? Nothing. Right. But people want to do it. Yeah. So it's it's you know again staying out of the toxicity of interpersonal relationships that. That no, that's so important when you get into a situation. Where, so many things in today's world, you're not going to convince people who have an opposite viewpoint of view very often. Right. Not gonna, you're not going to have a conversation that person's going to go, oh, yeah, see, I didn't think of it that way. And so it, people don't do that. So you've got to pick your battles. You, right. If you go into how much conflict and how much peace do you want to give up in what is a losing cause. Exactly. So the person yells at you for not wearing the mask, you just keep walking. Right. Yeah. You're not going to get anywhere. Well, that's the thing is, yeah. and so that's where you—that's where you can choose, you know, choose the emotional happiness for yourself versus the escalation of. Right. of don't give, don't feed something that is not going to have a good end, right. or that it's going to be sour, or it's going to make you sick. You know, using that metaphor, don't feed it something that's you know food poisoned. Right. You know, there's no point in getting because it's it's the right fight. Who's going to win? There's never a win on a right fight. I'm right, you're right, we're all right. So who's right? Nobody. So why do that? It's like okay, okay, Um, but people are looking for the response and um, of the negative. They want that because it goes back to the thriving of how do you give? How do you give to someone? And this is the learning lesson, I think, of this piece is how do you give to someone who's not in a good space when they're doing that, when they're saying, you're not wearing your mask or you're not doing this or you're not doing that. And it's like by not engaging, and yeah. not, you're giving you're giving the free pass to their their own thing, whatever it is, to not engage. Because once you do, you're firing up your own brain to something that you don't need to do. And then you're on point and then you're it, ru- it can ruin your whole day. Right. Why do that? It's like yeah. it's just one, you know. It's just one, you know, so, so it's in, in Dunkin' Donuts line yesterday Uh-oh. in the drive-thru, yeah. right? It's, it's always entertaining. Yeah. Always. <laughs> Literally. Yeah. <laughs> Usually. I mean, unless I'm the only one in there. So now, you know, I don't know exactly what was wrong, but there was a woman behind me Uh-oh. in the drive-thru. Yeah. And she was, as she pulled up behind me, and there was lots of cars in front of me, lots of cars behind her. She's screaming. She's screaming. Don't know why she's screaming, but I can hear her screaming. So I'm thinking she's on the phone. Yeah. And I'm watching in my rearview mirror and the whole thing. <clears throat> and she's screaming. And I finally realized as I ordered and pulled up and I'm right behind the she's screaming at me. Oh really? <laughs> I don't know what she's screaming about because this happens to you a lot. I, we need to examine I, this. <laughs> well, you know, it doesn't happen to me because I don't think she was actually she didn't know who I am, but yeah. I think it's because I'm more aware. Of people doing things, oh, so yeah. I'm just noticing, and I think mo- many people just walk through life going do 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 do. So, but the interesting thing was is that she was screaming about something about her child in relation. There was no one else in the car, and she was so I think there was maybe a little psychotic process going on. Yeah, but she was screaming something about me and her kid that was in the car that I was taking too long. Now, mind you, there's like oh. five cars yeah. in front of me. Yeah, right. So. So I just disengaged, and but I looked in the rearview mirror, and she's like, "Yeah, I'm talking to you." <laughs> <laughs> and so I didn't do because you, you never know what's going to happen. You know, you don't know if someone has a gun, you don't know yep. if she's stable. But interesting enough, I chose not to engage, and I was just like, "Whatever." But the in the that limbic system, all of the workers inside the Dunkin' Donuts could hear her on their mic. And yep. so they were really concerned that she was really over the top because they could hear her oh. screaming and ranting and raving. And so the man behind her got out and came up and actually checked on her. Oh, my God, really? And so yeah. so 
imagine, I use that as an example of like, imagine engaging a person you don't know yep. why they're doing it with all that intensity. And I got on that man. I have no idea. I was driving yeah. away, but I thought, oh my gosh, you know, here she is angry, you know, 630 in the morning, already that angry, talking about something that I don't really know what she was talking about. And yep. And all the people inside are like watching her on camera thinking she's going to yep. lose her mind over what? Over what? So yep. it's like that's the extreme example of do you engage someone like that who's that stirred up already for no. gosh knows what reason? And then or do you just disengage? Why Why get your day ruined? Um, but it just brought it up. I'm thinking, oh, you know, that could have that could have really tanked the day yesterday and and if i had engaged that because that woman was definitely ready for a fight and people look for that because they get their brain trained into yep. firing up because they look for the engagement of other people to to do that and so you know in our talk today it's like about how to not really take care of people in that way but take care of people in a healthier positive way to get it so that they don't go there and that might change their whole day i mean i've seen people change on a dime from not having to escalate them like the man in the hike, you know, he yep. didn't, he didn't escalate. And then it was like, Oh, okay. Because some people won't engage. And yep. it wasn't because I didn't want to fight. Yeah. No, <laughs> it was because I, I didn't really want to fight. I, it was, you know, could I fight? Sure. But I don't want to do that because why, why? Yeah. And so you're giving back to people by not engaging in that or not engaging in the moral majority fight of who's right and who's wrong what's bad, what's good, your opinion versus my opinion. I saw it on this thing. You saw it on that thing. Uh, you know, stay in your own lane. It's, a, it's probably an insight into me. And, and I'm one of these people who pay, will pay for a person behind me, you know, in the Dunkin' Donuts line. Cause that's I did what, not pay for her. Well, see, that's <laughs> well, one of those, that's one of those little victories. I was not for her. But see, I would have done it, and I would have done it out of spite. It wouldn't have been for a good reason. <laughs> I'm just saying, well, have a nice day. And... <laughs> Well, I think that she was a little bit psychotic, so I'm yeah. thinking it wouldn't even registered with her. <laughs> um, I am a person who pays for people behind me. I am, yeah. I am that person. So that's and there's hey, there's another great way. Speaking of like giving to others and doing things right now in this time, going through a Dunkin' Donuts drive-through, going through a Starbucks drive-through, going through McDonald's drive-through. Shouldn't be going through those drive-throughs anyways. Not that I'm taking yeah. money away from McDonald's, but don't eat. No. McDonald's yeah. food. Bad for you. It's not good for the mental health. But My problem anyway. is I'm kind of judgmental about it, though. You're judgmental about McDonald's? No, about oh. paying in the Dunkin' Donuts line. I don't, I don't do it randomly. You don't do it randomly? No, I'll, do, I'll look at somebody behind me and go, they look like they could use a little wind today. Oh, you know, well, something like judgmental. that. It is judgmental. Because <laughs> I'll look at a guy and say, no, he doesn't need it. <laughs> well. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of judgmental. So do I want to engage what the criteria of this is? I, no, it's... it's um, it's vague. It's not. It's just a feeling. Right. You know, you look at people and you say, yeah, I want to do something for them. So interesting research in social psychology in the Journal of Social. I think it was in the Journal of Social and I, it was definitely one of the journals of social psych last year or the year before. But they, they've done the studies. Do you know what the best and most utilized time of year that that is that people do those kinds of things for paying for people in the drive throughs Christmas. So smart. Yeah, well. <laughs> because Why? Because society has put you in that in the mood of giving. Uh, no. No. <laughs> Be, well, okay. So yes, on that one pragmatic level, but it's because. <laughs> Excuse me for being pragmatic. Yes, on that pragmatic level. <laughs> yeah. But no. It, so when you're talking about the brain, Christmas, and and you probably saw this on Facebook and social media last year, 
Christmas time, holiday time. So not just, you know, not include all holidays around like the good, happy holidays for people that are different religious celebrations. They tend, they tend to bring up the spirit of the feeling that's really good in the brain because it charges up the brain oh. in a different way than you can get. You don't have to do it yourself. It's the time of year. It's association through that hippocampus, the memories of something good, smells, taste, touch. Oh, it all rolls into yeah. what we talked about last week, right? So this is symptomatic. <clears throat> and so it's yeah. got this. It's got this amazing charge for the brain that, by proxy, because of the holiday, the pragmatic pace that we were talking about. Yeah. It gives you the sense of w wanting to do for others, and it and it starts right around November, right in through January, and then it ends because really? that the social yeah. the socialization, the piece that you were talking about, starts to ramp down because now it's the first of the year, and there's a socialized meaning to it, but it changes the brain and the way that the brain responds. So, just like Christmas lights, that's the funny people make fun of the fact that how long can you. How long should you wait before you put your Christmas right. tree up? And people are getting, you know, October, you know, November 1st, you know, because the Christmas lights associate with the rise in the brain chemistry for the endorphin rush and the dopamine and the GABA and yep. the serotonin regulate better. So people have something to look forward to. So they're not actively, you don't have to actively do anything specific other than put your Christmas tree up or put your lights up. And all of a sudden it starts the chain of events. But isn't this exactly what we're talking about? You've been wired to respond to the stimulus this way. Yes. Yeah. Well, y yes, but it's... Oh, you've wired yourself to respond to the stimulus. In this so, so, yes. So, you're both... That was, so, you're social wired, yes, but you're also wiring yourself because you could easily... I mean, there's plenty of people that don't do it. Yeah, But me. by and large, people that are looking for the good, <laughs> for the good charge or the good yeah. feeling, they're more likely because of that feeling of the charge, sure. you know, the, the, you know the getting the jolt in the brain of like the happiness and the feeling good and all that and the giving, they're more likely than to pay for the person in line behind them. They're more likely to do something nice, like pick up, you know, you know, every, you know, this person's Walmart layaway for their kids or something that like people do that because of that in that time, because it's that mindset of I'm doing something altruistic. I'm doing something that right. makes me feel good, but people don't realize or have the awareness that actually what it does to the brain and the body for the person that's doing it. People are like, oh, you don't get anything back from it. Yes, you do. Oh, sure you do. Yes, you do. So, you know, when you do things anonymously, like I, I tend to do 99% of the things I do anonymously for charities and all those things. And yeah. I do a ton. But I, you know, and people are like, why don't you, you know, did you get a little plaque? Or, no, I didn't get a little plaque. I mean, yeah. there's a big charity I give to all the time that gives people plaques left and right and does all that. Uh, that's not why I do it. I do it because I really believe in the charity and want to make sure that they get what they need for what they need and yeah. One the recognition the isn't there because, but that's where the the external versus internal why, going back to last week. Yep. Was it last week or the week before we did why? Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. So we did the why. Why do I do it? I, you know, what I do is I give. Why do I do it? Because I believe in the charity and it has a space in my heart that makes me feel good. So people have to be able to identify the why my and favorite not have part to of, seek out that. My favorite part about the Dunkin' Donuts line is there's no human interaction. I don't want the reaction. <laughs> I'm on the highway there's by the time the person finds it. Today. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Do you want to try you want to try a question that I haven't pre-read? <laughs> um so so you like the limited interaction. Yeah. Right. First of all, I don't want to um, lock them into an interaction. They don't have to thank me. They don't have to feign, you know, gratitude or things like that. It's just, I'm not doing it for that. Right. Yeah. No. no Plus, as little 
interaction as possible is fine by me. You want to try this question? Sure. All right. I oh, know. boy. I haven't pre-read it yet. So Terry asks, uh, how much do you think with what is going on in this world is people cycling through a grieving process? Do you feel this anger and denial is grieving the loss of life as we know it, a loss of our livelihood, a loss of control, and will they cycle through acceptance eventually? Oh, the new normal. Oh, Excellent. God. So, Terry, excellent question. Thank you, Lou, for reading that. So, um, yes, actually, so this is a grieving process, and I do think um, we've already cycled through and had acceptance. So, so Terry's actually referring to... Just wait a second. Sorry. (laughs) Lou. Yes. So, Terry's actually referring to um, a phenomenon that's that's around grief and loss theory from Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, and it's very famous because it's the grief, the stages of grief and and loss and dying and death and dying. Um, But it's really translatable and generalizable to all things that have to do with someone whose perception is loss. So everything she just wrote was about, you know, transitioning through different losses or change or, or, you know, movement that is in the direction of feeling like you're grieving. So yes, it's a grieving process for many. Um, And people will cycle through on this over and over. And if anyone has ever read about the cycling process of grieving is that it's not stage, you know, step by step, it bounces around those five stages and, and acceptance being the one that you ultimately want. Um, so in this particular case, and I have had this conversation with other people before um, uh, who are in this situation, asking about their specific situations is the, the acceptance piece People worry that if they accept it, are they submitting? Yes. Right? And so um, accepting doesn't mean submitting. And and it's more about really understanding and adjusting in the moment and, and staying true to the things you really want to do that you can do within the limitations of what are being around, what are being put around you, but not necessarily submitting to something that, you know, nothing to change your integrity, nothing to change, you know, your outlook on how you like life and what are those things, but how do you adjust? So maybe a word adjustment here isn't that you're accepting rather than you're more adjusting to right. the, what it is right now. Um, but, you know, bargaining for time, here we go. I always, you know this, this is what happened yep. to me last time. I always go through this. So you have depression, which people, mm-hmm. we've seen over and over and over. People are in and out sure. of depression. I feel like it's one week on, one week up, one week on, one week up. Um, bargaining for time, you know, uh, you know, that's, you know, only if I could do a little bit of this, only if I could do a little bit of that. People And people are doing that. They're jockeying for those pieces of like, they're dabbling with, you know, some high risk behaviors. Sure. <laughs> you know, maybe I won't get it. I'm going to do it anyway. Those kinds of things. Um, you know, denial. There's clearly people in denial of across the board, right? Mm-hmm. And I have clients all the time that I'm like, you can't do that because one, you're doing this to this, this. And, and I typically don't say you can't, but in certain circumstances, because of like where they work or what they're doing, right. I'm trying to educate them on that's going to get you in trouble. Right. So, you know, mindfulness. So, so the denial, the, you know, see, and there's the fourth one. And I'm now I'm missing it because I just rambled through in the wrong direction. But so there's so they're going to keep going around in the cycle. And the more you can adjust, except the more you can adjust to what's going on from time to time, the better your grieving process will be. Now, so if you take someone who's in the process of, you know, financial loss, so you have a two two person um, income home. Right. One person's not working, for instance, because they lost their job due to this, and one person is, right? Adjustment comes through being partnered in the relationship to figure out where do we make cuts, 
Where do we make some interesting changes? Um, what do we need versus what we want? Really trying to be able to partner. Now that's in the perfect world because we know lots of relationships right. don't work like that. And at the same time, taking care of yourself on that level of like, what do I need? What do I want? What can I cut out? What can I keep? What can I make adjustments for? How do I make the adjustment? And really looking at those pieces so that your grieving isn't as deep and as, you know, some people are all or nothing, as we know. So I encourage people to not look at it as all or nothing. It's right. much more about what can I adjust right now? Because it's going to change. We've already seen in the past four months, huge change. And, and, and people are adjusting. You know, people are whether you want to say it's because they submitted and now they have to, you know, they're excited that, you know, you can eat outside at a restaurant and go, or you can now eat in some restaurants in, inside. Um, people are adjusting to that and they'd rather, they'd rather have it than not. So therefore their brain is now trained around that. I tell people don't have, you don't have to think that it's the only way it's ever going to be. It's just now it's yeah. temporary. Things change. Life changes. Right. Adjusting so, is so much more acceptable than acceptance. It's what? In this instance, adjustment is so much more acceptable than acceptance. Right. Because because people put the interpretation on acceptance as final. Right. And it doesn't have to be final. It's movement. I posted up on, on the Facebook page today. I said, you know, life is change. Growth is a choice. Choose wisely. Yeah. This is speaking to that. You know, life is life is change. People hate change. Everybody hates change. But it's a matter of what do you do with it? You adjust to it. There's growth along the way. You can choose to have this be awful. And it's not a Pollyanna thing. You, you still have to function despite the dysfunction. Yeah. There's dysfunction around you with this. But you have to, and I should say, and you have to function no matter what. So that means you have to adjust around it so that you can have growth. There's, there's so many good things that have come out of this. So I am going to take that like upside on this. There's yeah. so many silver linings to what has happened for so many people. And I've yeah. seen, I've seen family unification better here. I've seen family communication better here. I've seen people being more um, communicative, better relationally, putting value on things that they didn't have before, um, getting reacquainted with their own lives. There, there's so many, you know, job things being more, you know, inventive yeah. innovative yeah. people have gotten out online people are doing more reading people have started blog pages I mean, all kinds of stuff yeah. that's good learning to spend less money and that's well i have to say that that's in my court a little bit for me uh, that's a upside because yeah i haven't been able you know i travel for work a lot and because of it i've only traveled a little bit here and there as you know and so that has actually kept money Right. allocated in a very different way than I would have or that I don't have as much of going out to entertain yeah. some of my athletic endeavors that we do all together because it hasn't been possible money in the bank yeah so you always hear people surprised how much money they have and it's right like, yeah. and right. then and then the second reaction hopefully is yeah I'm going to take some of this forward I don't have to spend as much money as I was in the past I was spending it for the wrong reasons or I, you know because I was bored or exactly you, you know. and really rethinking yep. and so and so to Terry's question really rethinking about how do you adjust around um how do you adjust not accept so I stay away from the word acceptance in the grieving yeah. process because it really is, you know, people have had losses and regained and loss and regained. And some people haven't regained in the way that they'd like to. But it's about adjustment and being, it's a tem it's temporary. Life is always... And this is about getting, uh, uh, people going to roll their eyes. It's funny, all these things that I used to roll my eyes at turn out to be true. 
and because they, things become cliche because they're true, right? Mm -hmm. It's about living in the moment. Mm -hmm. it, it's about acceptance is thinking long term and thinking in the future. Right. Adjustment is well. This is the set of circumstances I have today, and I have to get through today with these set of circumstances. Exactly. Yeah. So, it, and so it ties into that whole thing we were saying last week about being present. You know, yep. you could look at acceptance in you know for, for people, and and I wouldn't roll my eyes at what you just said. By the way, it's it's a good thing because acceptance could be used right today because yep. you're accepting for what is right now. If you're truly present, you're truly being mindful, and you're truly right. here. You're you accept here. That means you're adjusting for now. Right. You're here and now. You're not worrying about not whether this is going to be back. permanent. You're not right. worried about the new exactly. normal. You're worried about, i got to go out and get this stuff done today, and I've got to do it with these parameters. Right. And, yeah. and, and as cliche, and the eye rolls will come, I'm sure, as you said, nothing is forever. Things are temporary. Everyone is, everyone is able to adjust if they want to. Mm -hmm. Things don't have to always be all or nothing, black, white. And that wasn't a racial thing. It was about all right. or nothing, right? That's what we call it in psychology. It's, Zero sum. Right. It yeah. doesn't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. This has this this is mindful, present, adjusting for what is, not what will be, not what was. What is, mm -hmm. and what a great way to give to yourself if you can let go of those baggage pieces and not focus on, I have to accept this. I have to accept this. You know, I mean, there's a, a saying in AA and the A's, you know, all the anonymous groups about like acceptance sandwiches. You have to, you know, <laughs> it's you have to take the acceptance sandwich and take it like it is. Now, for the true Bible thumping AAers, that's really literal. Yep. And there's, a, you know, and I tend to put a little bit of the extras on it saying it's literal in the way that it's about adjusting for now. Yeah. You have the ability to adjust for now and not have to worry what was it doesn't matter that you know six months ago blah 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 happened or was going to happen because it's irrelevant now right and what's coming you know it's kind of like the five-year plan i always say make your five-year plan knowing that it will change yeah <laughs> you know and i think that's one of the hardest questions you can get with people is they say what am i going to do in two years from now i'm like well make the plan and know that today here you know college is a great example people will say i'm going to go to college i don't know what i want to be Go to college and go into liberal arts if you don't know, because you'll figure it out in the next right. year or two when you take those courses. And people get that, oh, my gosh, I can't do that because I'm supposed to know. Some people knew. I knew just because of who I am as a person. But yeah. not everybody knows that. Right. And that doesn't make any, me better. or that. It's just a matter of, like, where's your mindset? I was also trained to have a mindset like that. Yeah. Like, I came from parents that were like... You must know. Imagine, no, no, no. Imagine the frustration, though, of people sitting here who are living in the future and worried about the new normal and worried about what they have to deal with because of COVID going forward. That is something you have so little control over. Right. First of all, there's the disease itself, which is going to have a certain amount of control. Right. Your leaders are going to have a certain amount of control. Other factors are going to have a certain amount of control. Imagine how frustrating and defeating that can be living in the future and worried about what's going to happen. And again, like you said, think back three months, how everything's changed. Three months from now, we could be in a totally different place. Well, and I think... <clears throat> All you can do is get up today and handle your life and do, do what you need to do with what you can control. Right. And, and, and I think probably back in March or right when we first started coming into the coronavirus talking, right, is that I said this is going to be a marathon. Yeah. And I believe I said that. Yeah. At least I did in my head. Um, but it's going to be a marathon. And the way that I Charlie break out says of, we have months to go. And, yeah, we have a ways to go. <laughs> we do. But but when you think of a marathon, if you know, if I looked at you, Lou, and you weren't a runner, I said, okay, we're going to run a marathon today. You go, oh my god, I'm not doing that. that yeah. I can't do that. That's going to. I just. 
but the mindset and the way that it has been set up for them for many like let's take states that are doing really great for instance as a psychological experience experiment they've set it up in chunks just like i would to an athlete who's wanting to run their first marathon you're not going to run the whole marathon in your head once you're right. going to do three miles and you're going to do the next three miles and the next three miles so it's kind of like you know charlie baker set up in massachusetts that we would we would run the first month then he added in two weeks yeah gives people time to adjust then another two weeks gives people time to adjust another two weeks so by the time that we got to I remember what was it June 15th and we'd had an, we we had adjusted even though we might have been angry upset agitated felt no control we had already adjusted into well we made it a month we made it two months yeah. Not that that's like great for finances. We're not looking at any other space. We're just looking at people adjusting. So all of a sudden, when you start getting a little bit of like a carrot dangled in your face, like, oh, you get to go back to blah, 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 or you get to have, you know, yeah. um, a restaurant outside, people are like, oh, okay, now I can adjust this because it's giving a little bit, like people start psychologically gearing up for that. And as much as, you know, everyone fights it and is like, I want everything open now, which I understand. There's a psychological way of dealing with this, of adjusting too, because eventually, just predictably in my head, we will go back to some level of norm, but it will have changed, as yeah. you know, because now people have gotten used to not spending as much money, not going out as much, not going shopping in a store versus online. Now people have learned that, oh, we can actually do this. Schools now can be taught when you're not there yeah. in a different way than before. I mean, there's so many things that I think will become the new adjusted level because now it actually is more feasible for some families. So that's where some of this adjustment in the grieving process has gone from grieving and being in denial or depression or whatever to people still have to function despite the dysfunction. And they have to move forward. You have right. to, or else you you die. Right. It's just that stagnant, you know, mm -hmm. depression. And certainly, there's people there because I've seen them and I see them. And the goal is always get people moving forward. You got to keep moving forward because yep. you you know stagnant water is stagnant. Okay, so we've so hopefully uh, I answered that for you, Terry. We've had <laughs> the uh, we've talked about of... the wine fairies and we've talked about uh, buying donuts for people. Or whatever it is you're buying from when you pay for the person behind you or yes. in front of you. Yes. Other ways we can um, get rewire our brains and, and take advantage of it. And let's see, that's the wrong attitude, right? We shouldn't be taking advantage of it. Should be doing it just for the sake of doing it. Well, I think that I don't think there's anything wrong with saying taking advantage of it. I think you every opportunity to take advantage of should be taken if it's mm -hmm. there in front of you. You know, or looking at it not as a not opportunity. I mean, you could look at it that this is terrible, awful. Yeah. Or you could look at this as, you know, how do you make the best of this? How do you, you know, do something unique and different? I, I mean, there's so many great opportunities. So maybe that's another thing you could put in is what is the opportunity that you have today that you didn't have yesterday? I've never had a garden in my life that has looked so good. <laughs> there you go. Right? And, and I've gotten to spend, because this is, you know, I can give them the example and maybe people can and task off of that is now that, so all you know I haven't worked at home the whole time because I see people in person and yep. I see them on telehealth depending on their circumstance and who they're exposed to and so on and so forth. The combination for me of being able to do that has allowed me to have my own better physical health that I wasn't able to get. I was looking 
for the past two years, I was looking for a way to free up some more time where I wouldn't be sitting so much, as you know, 14 hours a day sometimes. This has allowed it so that I can actually do more movement and have better for me. And I think that's the way it's going to adjust out now. And I have clients that are talking to me about like, this is a better way for me too, for me. So I'm going to have a better mix of me not having yeah. only sitting. So where's your opportunity of the day? I'm thinking, oh, so now I can, I can make a schedule just like other people at home that might be working in a company. I know many people aren't going back to work in their companies because the companies have said, we're going to save on overhead. We're going to yep. shut the actual building down and you're all going to work from home and we'll get together and do like quick meetings every two months together. Wow. Yeah. You know, now adjusting for that. So this is, you know, what an opportunity to now like make time for, you know, whatever it is um, that you're doing. There is a downside because I know people that are working at home and also playing video games all day and yeah. never leaving the house. Well, yeah. And that's a problem because that's nothing that's going to help you physically or mentally at all. Right. And, and just as an aside, but related, when you're doing that, it takes 10 to 12 years off your life for every X amount of time, which I could go into based on a person, is dependent on for the person. For video game? It takes time off their life when they're just sitting sedentary and oh, not yeah. doing anything and not engaging. So you have to have physical. So you have to have these aspects of your life. You have to have social, physical, um, emotional, intellectual, and vocational, spiritual. Yeah. Right? When people have shut down around this issue where we go to, so we've been talking about the positive sides. When they shut down around this issue and go to the negative side and all they're doing is, you know, maybe some vocational and their emotional side has gotten all out of whack and they're angry and agitated and quick to jump and then their food is, you know, their nutrition is off and their spiritual, if you know, whatever yep. spiritual is for the person, which I'm seeing some of that takes years off a person's life yeah. now. So th that's where the coronavirus may not get you to die from having the coronavirus, but it's shortening your life right. because you're not engaging in the opportunities of how could I make my life better? If you're always sitting behind a desk and your whole life has been sitting behind a desk and you're not taking this opportunity for now, you go outside every day and actually do a one hour walk or a 20 minute walk or eat better because you're home all the time and you're not taking that opportunity. What a shame. Yeah. I had it filtered the swear that was almost about <laughs> to come out of my mouth. Uh, at the risk of sounding ridiculous here, I've been a pet owner all my life, except for the last four or five years. And now all of a sudden there's a dog back in my life. And there is a certain joy to looking that dog in the eye and say, you want to go for a walk? And seeing the reaction or giving him a treat or something. That's kind of, that's kind of a, um, it's charitable in a way, just taking care of a dog. Why is it terrible? You're talking to the wrong person here. You're yeah. the animal person here that yeah. you're talking to. But so I know those ridiculous. relationships provide some of that, that ability to be generous, just be generous with somebody. Yes. And so, so if people in the viewer um, dumb, don't know this, so part of my practice is animal-assisted therapy. I have um, felines that are trained to animal assist. They come into the room and do therapy. And yep. they're also my children, my little <laughs> fur babies. Yep. Um, animals, pets in general, so I'll speak generally. Pets, your fur babies, your family members, they bring exactly what we're talking about today. Yep. They bring the emotional jump to your brain. They are better than humans in some ways because they don't give you the feedback that is negative they're un they are purely the just unconditional pure. lovers yeah. of yeah. all yeah. of all things you know human beings are wild cards we will tell you that we love you unconditionally yet we'll cheat on you we'll tell yeah. you that we love you unconditionally but we'll stab you in the back or we'll steal from you we'll do whatever i mean it, the extremes right. animals won't do that 
they'll continue to return to give you the same love. Unless, of course, you hurt them and then eventually right. they tap out. But they're the most unconditionally loving, giving, smart dogs, cats, horses. If you could own a dolphin, well, that, you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would help. Um, but they're, they're super at soothing. There's tons of research and I could, we could do a whole show on this. Maybe we should on, you know, how animals provide an amazing opportunity in your life to have love, give love share kindness without hate to have all the pieces in your life to give you purpose and fulfillment that's why elderly people should have a pet in their life and we put you know animal assist therapy dogs and cats into senior centers now and into um, assisted livings and step down units and all those for elderly and and on dementia wards because they we know research wise but also i know anecdotally from working in the field with elderly clients and in alzheimer's dementia it stimulates the area of the brain and the limbic system that allows people to have connection when they didn't have it before it also allows you to practice this generosity because of all the things you talked about i mean you're doing something for an animal just for for them, unless it's a cat, because they might be conniving against you. But <laughs> hey, stop picking on cats. Yeah. Cats are better. <laughs> yeah, but you don't have you don't have to go through those machinations. You don't have to see the gears. You just do something for right. them. Right. Right. Absolutely. And you're not going to get anything back. I mean, the dog's going to be happy, but the dog's going to be happy. No, because you, you, get, you, you get something back, but you don't get it. You know, it's not. It's not action reward it's just you're doing something good for something you're doing right you're doing out of the goodness of your heart if you're a good person right you're doing it but typically the reward back from the animals that we're saying cats included lou (laughs) is that they they will give you when they're not plotting to kill you (laughs) (laughs) they're not plotting stop (laughs) they will give you the love that you give they will give it will come back to you multiple fold in the way that they will give it you know it's it's a um, very symbiotic relationship, humans and animal, and the bond that they have. And I think that that's probably a really good show for maybe next week because yeah. there's actually, um, you know. Another good reason for that detachment that. with humans and having that generosity that you don't have to deal with the gears anymore. Right. You know, you just, it's just a simple inter- interaction of a kindness. Exactly. Yeah. It's, well, it's pure. If you can think of yeah. it as the, there's a purity to an animal and a human bond or an interaction like that is that there's something so simple. Yeah. Um, and so it, it's simple yet so complex in the way that you get fed emotionally from it, which is why having that animal companionship, even if you don't have contact with an animal, like an actual physical contact, you can actually still have that connection because you're still giving you know when people volunteer for you know animal shelters and things like that you may not have actual direct contact but you're doing it you're still getting that same thing because you're having that unconditional back and forth it's symbiotic with with you with a with another being it's not going to give you the feedback that's going to bite you know it won't bite you right it it will but it won't it's not going to be the same as a person who's going to judge you cats and dogs don't judge no they well, you're, you're going to say cats do. <laughs> I know it. I can see it coming. Oh, oh, I'm going to have to. We're going to have to have a conversation about. Yeah, cats. we're going to have to have a conversation about I'm gonna cats. Get, I'm getting you a cat. <laughs> we're going to start with a kitten. No, thank you. Yes. So, um, so, but I think that would be a great show actually because there's lots of interest in that, and it's one of the things I do, and and I can also talk a little bit about. It's um, funny about the joy and purity of a relationship with an animal when you don't have to worry about all those interactions that you normally have to work through as a human 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 interaction 
So maybe you can disarm some of that in your human-to-human -human interactions too. Yeah. So if and I could gain maybe more talk of that people like I do my cats, it would be great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're so cute today. How no, but that we normally we normally interact with people to get a reaction back. Yeah, we're we're, we're doing we're turning gears too. Yeah, absolutely. We don't do that with animals. We right. just no. you know, dog's going to want the treat. He's going to want to go for a walk. Let's go. Right. Yeah. Although exactly. you do get something a little back for it. Exactly. Yeah. Except for well, you, you know, and and I have to do my shout out for my cats because when they come over, they want food, they want love, they just want you know, yeah. they definitely do that. So like I have Sophie, my one of my cats, is she sits every time I do anything like a show or anything like that, she'll sit right below me and just look at me. Yep. And as soon as I go to touch her, no. <laughs> so yeah, there's see? your point. There's yeah, a cat. I have to. She wants me to chase her. It's a game. So all right. So um, so the tip of the day mm -hmm. is to go out and do something for someone else. That doesn't yeah. mean you have to actually go out. That no. was metaphor and colloquial. But I'm do really something liking the wine else. fairy. You what? I'm really liking the wine fairy concept. I know, right? Yeah. It's so I much fun. Like I will share when we're off today, I will share with you my wine fairy stories. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but you know, go out and do something, you know, good for someone and and know that you don't have to get someone to say thank you or to have someone acknowledge you. Just do it because it makes you feel good. You don't have to right. have it back in tenfold. It will come back to you in other ways. Karma is a good thing in that way. That's right. Karma goes in good and in bad, and that's a good karma. So, all right. So, you guys have a great week. Terry, thank you for your question today, and um, I will see you all. Oh, happy 4th of July. Happy Be safe 4th of out July, there. yes. Yeah. All right.